from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Thinking sideways. I don't understand. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hi there, this is Steve. Oh, uh, this is Devin. Uh, this is Joe. I forgot how we were doing it, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Put us together in this little room with these squeaky chairs, and, well, this is Thinking Sideways, the podcast. Whoa. Synergy. Yep, this yeah. is the show where we uh, we try to rationally look at uh, unexplained mysteries, phenomena, weird stuff in general, I guess. People have been asking us how we would describe the show, so I, I think that's kind of an okay way, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that, to, that was a no. Try but. To, sort the, <laughs> to sort out the BS and the truth, yeah, if we can. But uh, anyway, we uh, we're doing something a little different tonight. We're always trying to mix things up, do things a little differently, see how they work. And one of the things that we've been talking about is the fact that we're getting a lot of suggestions, which is fantastic, and we're finding a lot of stories. But unfortunately, those stories are kind of small. They wouldn't be enough to fill an entire show on their own. Yeah, and we have well, definitely gotten a lot of feedback that people like longer shows than, it's true. Uh, than shorter shows. So we didn't really want to do just like, you know, a couple 15-minute, 20-minute yeah, yeah, shows because that just kind of felt like that's cheating. That's no fun. That's but, cheating our listeners. But so what we decided to do is go ahead and combine a couple of stories and run through several in one episode. Mm. Yeah. So tonight, ladies and gentlemen... We're talking about holes. That's right. <laughs> As in holes yeah. in the ground. Oh. 
Holes in the ground. Oh, Holes right. in the ground. Uh, yeah, I know. It's It sounds really interesting, but it actually kind of is. Well, it totally is. It totally is. We I found so. we found some pretty interesting stories. Found some good holes out yeah. there. Yeah. So, so we've got we got three different stories that we're going to run through tonight. And Joe, you're uh, you're going to start us out. Yeah, I'm going to start out uh, before I start with my main story, which is Mel's Hole, which some of you may have heard about. In my meanderings around the interwebs, investigating Mel's Hole, I stumbled across another really cool hole called the well, the well to Hell. And, oh, uh, yeah, I've seen that. Yes, yes the Well to Hell. So I haven't. Tell me about it. Yeah, so the Ru- Russian scientists... Seconds. Yeah, Russian scientists uh, in an unknown place in Siberia drilled a hole that went nine miles down, and then at nine miles down, it hit a cavity. And so they were intrigued at what they, what they, what they had come across, and so they lowered some temperature sensing gear and, and, a, and a microphone into the hole, so nine miles oh, down. Oh, I do and know this, this, actually. And, uh, and, and they, recorded, they recorded the screams of the damned. So in other words, they had found hell. <sighs> and their, their, their temperature measuring equipment uh, apparently put the temperature in there at about 2,000 degrees. Uh, anyway, so the well to hell. Yeah, we know yeah. that's not a real story. No, it's, it's total BS. Yeah, that, like, that, 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 that appeared like, on the internet and yeah, ran was, like wildfire, and then thankfully died off, except for the one link that you managed to find on it. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, in, in the actual the actual recording apparently was taken from some other recording or some a movie soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. It is fairly terrifying that recording if it's like late at night and you're just totally in that mindset where you're buying into everything and you listen to it and you're like. Thing ever, but uh-huh. obviously, yeah. it was obviously not real. Obviously but let's 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 real. talk about the real holes. Okay, well, or at least uh, what we believe to be yeah. real holes. Well, let's talk about yeah the real hole, the real the real deal, Mel's hole. Uh, this was a suggestion from one of our listeners, Jennifer. Thanks, Jennifer. Appreciate the suggestion. Uh, so Mel's hole is uh, the story begins in the late nineties when a guy named Mel Waters called into the Art Bell show. And Art Bell used to was a San Francisco-based broadcaster, kind of like Clyde Lewis, kind of one of those guys that specializes late in, night in, talk show, yeah, late, mysterious, in, you know, Bigfoot, UFOs, all that stuff. Got Art, it. Art, he would talk about this stuff. So Mel Waters calls in, and he says he says that he had he owned a piece of property in the middle of Washington near a town called Ellensburg, and he said that there was a hole in his property that was about uh, I don't know nine feet wide or something like that. Surrounded by a concrete block uh, wall, like like a well would be, and but the hole, according to Mel, was bottomless. And he said he'd, he'd drop stuff in there, and he'd never hear it hit bottom. And he said that uh, people around the area had been throwing their trash in there for years and years and years, <laughs> and never filled it up. And then, uh, That's environmentally yeah, sensitive. Yeah, I know, I know. And then uh, what else did he say? It had some certain magical properties. Animals, for example, would not go anywhere near it. Even birds, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. And he said that uh, somebody had a dog, and his dog died, and so he threw the dog down the well. Which, <laughs> really, I know. I mean, what, what a sentimental uh, guy, you know. It's like, you, don't bury the dog in the yard. No, you can just go throw him in with all the other garbage. Oh, so, no. so, but anyway, so this guy threw his dog into into Mel's hole, and then sometime after that, he saw the dog again. So in town alive. or something? Alive. Uh, there, there's two different versions of it. One is that he saw it out in the woods by itself running along like it was chasing something. Mm-hmm. And uh, another version is he saw the dog and he was walking with some other person. And when he called to the dog, the dog wouldn't come to him. Oh, I so, actually heard a, a, an, e, an even different version of that story yeah. that he threw it down and like he was sure it was dead he threw the dog down the well but like 
as the dog was falling down, he could hear it like barking, mm. like it had like come back alive and was wow. just falling. So it must have just been in a coma. Yeah. yeah. Doggy coma. Doggy yeah. coma. Well, I bet he was feeling kind of regretful at that point. Yeah, I hope uh-huh. so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Please. Yeah, somebody actually, they, they were, Mel apparently, uh, he went in discussion with, with, with our bell, was talking about various ways to figure out how deep this hole is. He's, and somebody actually, one of the, one of the, somebody called into the show and suggested throwing a cat down there. And so, <laughs> what? And so, and, here, and so, yeah, you could hear the cat screaming and yowling the whole way down until it stopped, and that's when you know it hit bottom. Oh. But, yeah, I, this is a sensitive bunch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, seriously, I don't, I don't think he ever did that. Ladies and gentlemen, we do hopefully. not condone animal please cruelty do not do at that. all. No, please no, don't no, do no, any of that. Not at all. No, please. Yeah. Uh, Mel took a pat, like a, a roll of lifesavers, and tied it, tied him to a fishing line. And he reportedly lowered the lowered the the lifesavers down about fifteen hundred feet, and then brought them back up, and they were intact. They weren't wet, so it hadn't obviously hit the water table or anything like that. It's not full of water. Um, and any claims that he um, you you have a I, no, I just feel like that's wrong. But okay, yeah. <laughs> I also like I'm kind of like I'm trying to conceptualize fifteen hundred feet, like. Wh- that's a lot of fish. Like line. how? Like how high do airplanes fly usually? Right? Like jetliners go about thirty-five thousand. Thirty-five. So it's like, uh, I don't know. Like, is it like a like a, a big fo- a football? Well, a football field is a hundred yards. The playing surface, not mm. the end zones, mm-hmm. is a hundred yards. And there's how many feet in a yard? Three. So that would be three hundred feet. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking according to this. Then that is five football fields. See that? I'm sorry. I don't know if this is because I'm a lady or what, but that does not help me at all. Yeah. <laughs> can you get like buildings? Like, can you reference like a, what a building in this area um, is similar? Okay. So for reference, the Empire State Building is one thousand two hundred fifty feet tall. So it's a little bit so deeper than the Empire State Building. It is tall, yeah, and has not. <laughs> Didn't hit the didn't water. Didn't hit water. Didn't hit bottom. Uh, well, then... I also okay. I guess the other thing is that like I don't know that life like a a roll of lifesavers is necessarily heavy enough for me to like. Once it's down far enough, me you know I don't know that I would notice if I was well. They're they're, no, they're nothing, but, they're nothing just... but sugar, uh-huh. so they would start to dissolve as soon in the as water. They hit the water. I, sure, but yeah, but, but I guess my thing is that like if it hit bottom. I don't know that I would necessarily be like, oh yeah, it's still. Oh, if it snagged on yeah, something or, or hit something a, like uh, an yeah. outcropping. Yeah, yeah, you don't. And the the thing about it is, is I I have no idea what kind of line he was using, but fifteen hundred feet of line is going to weigh it's going to weigh more than the lifesavers themselves. Yeah. So yeah. he could actually, you know, he could actually have hit bottom and still have tension on the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From all that weight. Right. Of the line that's itself. exactly kind of what I'm saying. Is that yeah. like it just seems like it would be hard to tell. Mm. Well, what. All right, so there's there's an issue right there. Okay, there's so sorry. Well, yeah. no, it gets better. Oh, so, so after after his unsuccessful experiment with the lifesavers, he went and got himself a whole bunch more line, and he lowered. Uh, he put a supposedly a one pound weight on the end of this line, started lowering it down. I just feel like he needs to be using more weight. I just throw <laughs> that out there. <laughs> I, I would have I would have come up with a better solution. My solution would have been to um, turn a radio on, set it to transmit like a walkie-talkie, mm. and just drop it and time it. When it when it stops transmitting, you know you've hit the bottom. Oh yeah, that's but not no, a bad but idea. don't they hit a range? 
How do you mean? Like, there's a range that, like, I remember as a kid, right? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Walkie-talkie. I think Joe's talking yeah. about better walkie-talkies oh. than what we had as a kid <laughs> that right. quit when I was halfway across the yeah. yard. Yeah, all right, yeah. that's fair. They were yeah. black and had the little orange tip on the end of the radio. Yeah, by mm. the time I was a kid, we had, like, colors, and, like, they were good, and... Anyway, Joe, you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, so he started lowering this thing down, and when he'd run out of line, he would, he would tie on a new spool of line and keep lowering. So he lowered that thing down, he claims, 80,000 feet. What? Okay, yep. wait, wait. How <laughs> far away is the moon from us? Like, how many feet is the moon away from us? Okay, so the moon is 240,000 miles mm-hmm. far away from us. The mile is 5,280. I don't have a calculator on me, and I'm too lazy to... It's 5,000 feet, it's basically. It's lots. Okay, never mind. So it's, it's not the distance to the moon. <laughs> no. So not the distance to the moon. No, no, but 80,000 feet, that's miles. I mean, that's... But, yeah. Okay, so I guess, that's, like, another uh, question is, like, how thick do we calculate the Earth's crust to be? It's not that thick, right? No, nah, not really. It's only no. a couple miles. It's a couple miles deep. Yeah, but yeah. only a co- I mean, like eighty eight eight thousand feet. Eighty thousand. Yeah, you're getting. Yeah. You're you get getting pretty far there. down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're getting there. You know, I, I'm not even sure again what the strength of the line he was using was, but it, you know, at the, at the end of that. You would think that the weight of the line itself would be so much that it would break the line. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, that, yeah. So anyway, but it, uh, it, it gets better, though. Apparently, after he, after he publicized the existence of this mysterious hole. Oh, and by the way, there's other stuff going on, too. Like, like for example, some people claim to have seen a column of black light coming out of it and going up into the sky. Black light as in the black lights from the 60s? Uh, no, just the, the, what they call, I guess he, he, he called it anti-light. Oh, so like a shadow. Yeah. But like a column shadow. Got, yeah, like a like a like an anti flashlight shining out of the hole and up into the up to the <laughs> up into the sky. <laughs> so there are people that have actually been dedicating themselves to going out and looking for this thing. All right. But before I talk to that, like I, I guess I should tell a little bit more of Mel's story. Apparently, um, after he brought this to light, uh, <clears throat> the government showed up. Men property. in black. Yeah, pretty oh, much. Oh, it was Men in Black, wasn't it? Mm. Here come the Men in Black. Yeah, yeah those guys. So, yeah, and so they show up one. They show up one day, and they say, um, and they say, basically, you can't come onto your property. There's been a plane crash, and and we're we're, we're and he said there's there's no evidence of a plane crash, but these guys wouldn't let him on his property, and eventually he said that they they the government leased the property from him for two hundred fifty thousand dollars a month, and this allowed him to. Yeah, the nice, tidy little sum of money. And so, ladies and gentlemen, you can't see the raised eyebrow that I have right now. Uh, yeah, the going, yeah. huh? Yeah. So, uh, so they leased they leased the land from him for this princely sum. Well, wasn't and, there like a big caveat that went with it though? What was that? What, what didn't they say? Okay, we're going to lease this land from you for this amount of money, but you cannot be on American soil. Uh, I've heard that. The other one is that he just wanted to move to Australia, mm. and they they sort of facilitated his move, but not that they. they oh, so Mel him. left the country. Mel went to yeah. Australia for a couple of years. Where oh, he, he I didn't know in, that. He engaged in wombat research. He says. So the impetus for me asking that is because, as I'm sure you're about to talk about, when as soon as Mel comes back from Australia, you know, the minute that that story goes, at least the minute he set foot on American soil. His money was all taken away from him. All of it was taken away from him, and he had nothing, and he was just trying, you know, he had to, like, get a money order from his nephew to, like, make it back to his property. 
So there's a, there's like a little more in depth, yeah, Men in Blackage happening, there. weird stuff yeah. going on. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know, you know, yeah. there are two conflicting stories about that, obviously. Yeah, he uh, he hasn't. He, I, I, so I don't know exactly. He, he claims that the government served him with papers and basically seized his property. Does and anybody he, know if he'd been filing his taxes? No, nah, I have no idea. Nobody. Knows that's usually a good reason for the government to seize your property. Yeah, so they know you have yeah. something worth value. Yeah. Nobody. Uh, nobody actually knows if Mel even exists. Apparently, people have checked the uh, checked the rolls, like the, you know, the voter rolls, and just the, the, the telephone directories and everything else for Ellensburg and surrounding area, and they found no record of anybody named Mel Waters living there at all. Although, let's oh. be fair, if you're going to call a conspiracy show with something like this, maybe you'll want to give them a fake name. Yeah. So after he returned, they seized his land, um, and then Mel got on a bus in Tacoma, Washington, headed for Olympia. Um, there was an altercation on the bus, uh, when, and the police showed up. Uh, they asked Mel to give a statement, uh, and Mel wanted, to, Mel wanted to just leave, and the police said that they would give him a ride in their van. Their van? The, yeah, in, their, in the police van. Yeah, why and not? So, so he didn't need to get on the bus, so he could stick around and give a statement. So anyway, he gets in the van, and that's the last thing he remembers. He wakes up 12 days later in an alley in San Francisco. He had been beaten. His, his molars were missing. They pulled his molars. Uh, and I there's think evidence... that would have woken somebody up. Yeah, yeah, and there was evidence that he had been hooked up to an IV... And uh, he had a homemade, he, one of his hobbies is making belt buckles, and his belt buckle had been stolen. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, and, uh, and, and by the way, when he checked his bank account for all that money the government had been giving him, it was all gone. Ah. It had vanished. Of course. Yeah, and Mel's story gets, uh, gets even more strange, and I'm not going to get into everything, because he had, Mel had further adventures down in Nevada where he found a second hole that had similar properties. <sighs> But, but here's the th- let me ask you this. Yeah. Do we know where Mel's hole is? No, nah, there's only and this is this is the thing that's uh, kind of mysterious. It's like according to Mel Waters, uh, everybody in the area knew of it because they were throwing all their crap down it. Mhm. And so but strangely enough, nobody knows where it is. There's one guy that lives in the area whose name is um his name is uh, Red Elk and he's a, he claims to be an Indian shaman. I can't forget. He's got a white guy named too, but I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. But uh, so he claims that his father first took him there in 1961, and he's been back there many times. But he's also he's also led numerous expeditions to try to find the hole, with no success. I was reading a, a news account in one of the local papers about a bunch of people that went out on a hunt for the hole and. Red Elk took the lead, but they didn't find any holes. Didn't so. was it Red Elk that did the coast to coast interview or coast to coast AM interview, or was it Mel that did the that interview? That was Mel Mel Waters, or at least that. ostensibly. Yeah, Mel Waters did that. Um, uh, Red Elk actually does exist because I saw I saw a news report on a, on a Washington station about Mel's hole, mm-hmm. and he gave a he gave a little bit of an interview. Interesting. And yeah, it was funny too. The um, he was there on this road out in the woods, and and the the news lady that is doing the report, he's like he's like standing there next to the camera, and she's heading up the road supposedly towards where the hole might be, and he's going, "You shouldn't go up there." Like, and he's all like, "All you know, it's all like, you know, maybe mysterious. That's why, maybe that's why they never found the hole. Is you know, Red Elk is afraid to find the hole." That could be. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so anyway. But that, so we nobody's ever found this thing. No. For nobody, all we know, it's hyperbole. Yeah, nobody's found the hole. It could be that uh, the government, when they had control of it, maybe they filled it in. No, it was All bottomless. thousand feet of it. They had, wow. The government's got a lot of garbage. Or covered uh-huh. it. You could just yeah. cover it, right? I mean, like, 
right? Like a trap, those mm-hmm. like traps in the middle of the woods where you just like cover it oh. like a net and then like put leaves like, over you it. You put a rug over yeah. it like the Bugs Bunny cartoon yeah. and then put leaves on it. Nobody will find yeah. it. Nobody will ever find it. Well, what I think they probably did is they, they put a holographic projector just oh, yeah. inside the hole and it projects what appears to be three-dimensional ground. So it looks, yeah, you could be standing right next to the hole and it just looks like another patch. But they of also put a weird electrical fence around it, so if you like went that way, you would get like an uncomfortable electric shock. So mm-hmm. you wouldn't, you would be like, oh, I better not go that way because something's weird there. Mm-hmm. To yeah. keep people from walking into the hole. Mm-hmm. Actually, it, it might be too. They've got like sort of a like an, an electric, like an electric eye tripwire, mm-hmm. and and speakers. Mm-hmm. And, and when you trip that, the speakers go off and they sound the brown note. You know, and so, you know what the brown note is, right? No. I feel like Toucan Sam. I'm surrounded by Fruit Loops right now. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of the brown note, the brown note, but that was on an episode of uh, yeah. a hard-hitting documentary episode called of, of South Park. And, the, <laughs> and the, Mythbusters, and this, this, yes. And this, and this one note makes people poop their pants. And so uh, you're out there, and all of a sudden you, you poop your pants, and what are you going to do? You're going to run back to your car, and you know, I mean, you're not going to hang out. You're not going to just hang out. All Keep trooping around. You yeah. might. Well, it depends uh, on the kind of person you are. So I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, is that is that it for Mel's hold? Are there like any people? I know people have theories? been looking for it for years, yeah. and uh, I, I believe that who was it that suggested this? It was Jennifer. Oh yeah, Jennifer. I know she said that she went to college in that area. And that was one of those things. It's kind of like a snipe hunt. They would oh, just yeah. go out in the woods, go the woods looking, looking for Mel's, Mel's hole. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if you believe what uh, what Mel Waters said, it's somewhere like about nine ten miles east, or excuse me, west of Ellensburg. So it's not a huge area. You could actually you could actually comb that pretty well and probably find something. If he was telling there's, the truth about the direction, yeah, or he was good at direction, he might be like me who doesn't know north from up. Yeah. Well, north is up. Uh, yeah. See, that's my problem. It's, it's Everybody the, keeps affirming that I'm right, and then I look at stuff and I'm wrong. What's the problem here? I don't understand. <laughs> All right, so uh, so those of you who still think the hole might exist and still want to go out and look for it, I've got one piece of advice that will really help you narrow your search down a long ways, which is the hole has got to be next to a road. The reason for this is, is Mel Waters, if you're going to believe what he says, says everybody was throwing their junk in there. So you're not going to strap your old dead refrigerator to your back and hop, you know, hoof it like half a mile into the woods <laughs> to throw it in a hole. So it's got to be right next to a road. And it doesn't, not a two-lane highway even, not even a little gravel road. It could be just a little mud track, but there has to be vehicular access to the hole. Take, take that, and uh, you, know, you don't even need to get out of your car to go look for Mel's hole. All right, so uh, there is a, 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 a local geologist whose name is Jack Powell. He was cited in a newspaper article, a very recent one, is saying he thinks that there, he's, he, there is a, an abandoned gold mine in the area, and it's not bottomless, but it's uh, you know about 300 feet deep, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And he says uh, that perhaps that's what somebody saw that, and that's what they think the hole is, but he said that he knows of no other holes around. And he said, also, being a geologist, geologists would be the kind of person you'd want to talk to about stuff like this. Presumably. He said you know, the problem with a bottomless, a bottomless well is that uh, the deeper down you get, the greater the pressure of the surrounding, and so it would collapse. Oh, the force of the, the earth, of the, the earth weight would, of the earth would, would force it to close on itself at the mm-hmm. bottom. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That so, does. Yeah, he says it's... Oddly, this scientist is making sense. I know, but yeah. Weird. So he says it's geologically impossible. Uh, the other thing is that um, 
it's at at some point it's going to go below the water table and not that yeah far that's down. kind of yeah, been that's, my that's problem unless problem. it's unless particularly it's in Washington impermeable yeah, yeah. I, I remember going to a lava tube in um, up by Mount St Helens it's called Little Red River yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, it's closed to the public but you know I have a my friends and I have a special sneaky way in <laughs> and anyway so but that one goes on it goes down for a long way it's mm-hmm. continually it goes continually downward. Until you get to this point where water starts coming in through cracks in the walls because it's below the water table. Ah. And then you go on a little bit further and you get to this spot where there's sort of an underground lake down there because the entire thing is filled up with water. Yeah. And, you know, uh, so, and that's not that far down, really. Yeah, and you don't have to get, I mean, you don't have to get that far down. Like in Ape Caves, for instance, that doesn't necessarily go. And that's out on the Oregon coast, right? Uh, No, that's actually. it's actually it's by Mount St. Helens. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm thinking of, I think it's Seal Caves. Yeah. yeah. Coast, it's, actually, it's actually just a few miles from this other one that I'm talking about, Little okay. Red River Cave. Yeah, so it's just, I mean, the thing of it is, is that, you know, in, in the Pacific Northwest, we get a lot of rain. Our ground is fairly saturated with water. Mm-hmm. And the Ape Caves is not below the water table, as far as I know. But no. the water, the, it's always wet down there. It's always wet down there because, you mm-hmm. know, the water seeps through just, just because it rains or whatever. And there's always, there's always water down there. And, you know, even when you're crawling into the, like, the very deepest bottom ones, you know, it's always wet down there. Mm-hmm. And, it, yeah. you know, if, if it's just a pit, the water is going to collect. It mm-hmm. just, water it's, goes places and... Yeah, rain least water, resistance. water and stuff like that will fill it yeah, up too. Yeah, so, I mean, so. you know, even if it's not, if it's somehow not at the water table. Yeah, I just, the that whole, you hit the water table. Mm-hmm. It's just part of being on Earth. Yeah. Yeah, you think it would have been foul by now with things like, oh, wait, what's that website? Google Earth? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think we would have found it by now. Yeah, yeah no, I, I actually got on, got on Google Earth and I looked, I, I, and I looked and looked and looked and I didn't see a hole. <laughs> Shocking! That's because it it projects black light, and the oh, camera can't right. focus that on it. That could be. Yeah. It might have blinded the satellite. Yep, yeah, that's, that's good it. Point. Yeah. So actually, you know what I think it is? Is I think it's a, a hole for the lizard people to use. Oh, you, yeah. dude! It's the lizard people. You, I want to talk about the lizard you people. Love for a the idea of the lizard Can we, people. They're gonna steal our water. Uh huh. From their, the water table has been like decimated. There, my hole is obviously proof of this. Are uh-huh. you guys ready for this? Yeah. So the hole that I want to talk about is Devil Kettle Hole, or Devil Kettle Falls. Falls. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's in it, it's in Minnesota. Okay, it's in northern Minnesota, like pretty close to the border. Where the mosquitoes are? Yeah, where the mosquitoes are. It's like... That's really specific, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so it's in uh, Judge C.R. Magny State Park, which is this huge state park, pretty much like on the border of Canada and Minnesota. It's, by, it's Lake Superior, it's by, right? It's really close to Lake Superior. And um, the falls are about a mile and a half from Lake Superior itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think they're like the lowest falls, but I don't know that for sure. The Brule, are we going to say it's the Brule River? Brule? Essentially what happens is this river, through a lot of series of falls, drops like 800 feet mm-hmm. from where it starts to Lake Superior. Um, this particular fall is like a 50-foot drop. One half of it makes this drop, at least. One half? One half. So, you know, at the top of falls, how often there will be, like, a rock in the middle, and they split off into two different 
Like, is this the rock that the in the Looney Tunes cartoons? You remember Everybody, back? You, yeah. Yosemite Sam would be, would be grab, uh, trying to paddle mm-hmm. away from, and then that's what he'd be stuck in the middle of the falls yeah, on. Yeah, this okay. is literally the Looney Tunes <laughs> rock. Okay. Okay, so it divides the Brulee or whatever, however you say it, river. I say Brule. Brule? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to not say the name of the river anymore. <laughs> okay, yeah. so it divides the river. So it divides river. this river into two, and it, it's pretty much solid two halves. Mm-hmm. One half makes the 50-foot drop and continues on to the mile and a half to Lake Superior. The other half drops into what's called a kettle or like a pothole kind of thing. It's like just a hole. It's a hole in the, it's the basically rock. basically a hole in the rock. Drops into the hole in the rock and goes... Who knows? Mm, mysterious. So we've just got one giant... I mean, it, it, I'm assuming water's pouring yeah, 20, like 30, 40 foot feet drop. in. Oh, it's, it's a 10 feet? foot drop. Yeah, it's but fairly that's gotta short. But that's got to be, you know, like it's a lot of noise mm-hmm. and activity, but the water level never rises. It just Mm-mm. drops just 10 feet going. and then goes somewhere. Weird. Very weird. So as far as we know, it's called Devil Kettle Fall because as far as we know, the water goes just straight to hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, really, truly, that's like literally as far as we know, it could go straight into hell. It could go into this place that apparently the Nazis recorded into like the hole into hell. Because here's the deal. It's apparently an immense amount of water. And I looked everywhere and I could not find good statistics on how much water like per hour or per year flows down this river, how much flows how into this kettle, anything like that. But everyone I've ever read has said referred to it as an immense amount of water. And it just disappears. Uh, the standing theory is that it runs underground for a while and eventually empties into the lake or back into the river. Oh, farther downstream. Yeah, further downstream or just like straight into the lake. But... Efforts to prove this have been, like, really unsuccessful. Um, Scientists, and I'm, like, using air quotes here, because some people who study this are scientists, some are just drunk hikers, Uh (laughs) Um, have dropped, you know, things varying from vibrant dyes to ping pong, like, massive amounts of ping pong balls to... Rubber ducks? Not rubber ducks, but logs Uh and there's a claim that a car has been dropped into this thing. I saw Although, that. How, how do you get a car into that thing? Well, it's not even like, how do you get it into that thing? But like, it's, you have to hike to it. You, right. I mean, it's just like a foot trail. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much I believe the car situation, but logs, Took it apart, packed it in one piece at a time, yeah. reassembled go. it yeah. to throw it in. Well, so, it might be, a, they might have like, um, yeah, I mean, there might be a road that crosses somewhere upstream. They could have like, you know, tied logs to the car. <laughs> and driven it into the river and just floated downstream. That seems like an immense amount of effort just to get rid of a car. Uh, yeah. yeah, it does. So I don't know about the car, but definitely logs. And then, you know, just like natural stuff that goes down a river. Twigs. Rocks. Debris, rocks. Yeah. Like that. like a great place to get rid of a body. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, again, with the <laughs> dumping of bodies, you really weird yeah. me out uh, sometimes. The good I, news is this is really far away, so like mm, you would have to actively go. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Gonna, I'll have to get rid of my body somewhere closer. Because <laughs> getting a body in, into a suitcase and onto the airplane to fly to Minnesota is like, you know, it's difficult. Okay. Yeah, all right. So no, no worries. I'm not actually going to do it. So they've, Thank okay, you. so they've dumped all this stuff down this kettle, right? And literally none of it has resurfaced ever. Well, just ever. So yeah, the, the, the dyes, they can not they don't see them coming out somewhere in the lake. Nope. Ping pong balls aren't mm. mysteriously appearing nope. in Lake Superior. Nope. And 
I can imagine logs, nobody could tell. Right. I mean, and that's fair. But, you know, I guess the other thing that people bring up in this situation, right, is that it, it hasn't backed up. There's not like a natural dam that's happened. So it doesn't seem to be like filtering things, mm-hmm. right? It's not just like going underwater into just natural water table or anything like that. You would think it eventually they, 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 they it would dump enough up. crap down there. It would clog the thing up. Yeah, and it's, you know, this has been around for thousands of thousands of years. It's so, got to have been around for a long time. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it would have naturally backed up if it were filtering this stuff out. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess there, there are problems with the underground river theory. First, um, the rock that comprises this riverbed is like really, really hard. And so the underground river theory just to make sure I understand mm-hmm. how this is working, you're saying that it's going down and it's hitting basically the water table? So we'll... Uh, no. There are a couple theories and we're going to kind of get Okay, I, these, I just right? want to understand but how the, the underwater or the underground river thing works. People pretty much don't think that it hits the water table because it would have backed up in this kind of dam so like we would see more water it would have been slower or like we would see it falling into a lake or something like that. Or overflowing out of the hole. Yeah. So people are pretty much not saying that it just hits the water table and is really absorbed absorbed in any way. They're saying that it's like a river ostensibly in like a lava tube. In the place now, in the place where this happens, where where the devil kettle is, Mm -hmm. how high above the elevation of Lake Superior is that? I think it's only like 50 feet. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, no, I think it's more than 50 feet, but it's, it's not, I mean, it's a mile and a half away. It's, I think this is the last fall. It's so it's one not of the last much, falls, so, so it's, it's not, not that, that high. high above yeah. the lake. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know some I know some people that actually explored an underground river in Guatemala. Well, I, so you know, and it's like it took him it was a huge expedition. Yeah. So underground rivers are I think honestly the most solid theory, right? So mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to talk about that. Okay. Okay. I was just trying to understand mm-hmm. how that works. Right. But... So that it would be through mostly, mainly the m- most viable theory I've heard is that it hit, it's like a lava tube, underground it's, it's, river. It's, it's, a, it's a hole in the ground somehow yeah, that it's much. flowing down. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I can run with that. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no that's okay. The, 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 there's a river itself, like it, it continues on. Does, is there a point in the river where suddenly there's a whole bunch more water in it? Nope. Hmm. Not as far as anyone can tell. Are there any mysterious rivers that just pop out of the ground anywhere nearby? No. Okay, I, I'm going to solve this mystery. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's uh, in, the, in, the, in the middle of Oregon, central Oregon, there's a river called the Metolius River, which in cosmological terms is just right next door to Devil's Kettle Falls. So the, the, the Metolius is really a pretty unique river in the sense that most rivers start off as, as just little trickles, you know, like little... Tributaries flowing into a larger that, body. Little trickles that turn into little streams that turn into creeks, and they all join together. And so basically, you know, a, mm-hmm. a bunch of little streams come together and form a river. The Metolius is unique in that it just pops up out of the ground. It's not composed of a lot of little tributaries. It, 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 there's two big springs, and all this water just comes pouring out of these springs and heads on downstream. So Joe's theory is that somehow this water Trouble. makes it... Several thousand miles. Yeah, exactly. Through a few ranges of mountains. Oh, yeah. Negating all laws of physics that we know. Well, have you not heard of interdimensional travel? Okay, so <laughs> so let's just go ahead and like let's work back. with... Yeah, let's, let's go, go back. back. Okay, okay. Story. okay. Anyway, so, okay. But it's interesting, though. The, the Metolius is actually kind of the inverse of this river. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it, it is. totally is. The, the first thing that I want to bring up with the like underground river theory is that the rock that comprises this riverbed is, is really, really hard. Like rhyolite and basalt. Rhyolite? I think that's how you pronounce that, right? 
Rhyolite? Yeah, so. yeah. yeah, no, I yeah. know basalt is super hard. I, I'm mm-hmm. familiar with that one. Rhyolite is actually harder than oh, basalt. Oh, is? Okay, I was yeah. going to say, I'm not so, familiar with that one. So you can say, but Devin, you're, you're saying, I mean, maybe there's a fault line that crushed the rock into more permeable pebbles, and that was fine, and that's totally a thing, right? Right? Possibly. But not in Minnesota, not northern Minnesota. The problem is, is that there's no evidence to suggest a fault line other than the fact that a river disappears. Mm-hmm. It's not just like going into super permeable pebbles or anything like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the next theory would be that there's a lava tube. Okay. Which mm-hmm. do form in basalt. Lava tubes yeah. do form in basalt. But... Are, are there any volcanoes anywhere nearby? Well, no. So that's the thing, right? Is that basalt forms lava tubes by flowing down like the slope of a volcano, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the shell cools faster than the inside... And forms a like a le- a more solid. Yeah, yeah. What happens is is yeah they form they 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 go down the hillside mm. essentially um, and, and and as literally a, a river of lava mm-hmm. like a stream and then as they go along uh, the outside the top, cools. The top, yeah, mm-hmm. what happens is eventually they form a crust over the top that cools and that cools faster than the center of it. Mm-hmm. And the center and continues then, to flow. And the center continues to flow on out. And so, yeah, that's how they're formed. But right. in this particular case, if there's been, has there been any volcanic activity Well, so in the, the basalt area? that formed in this area is, it's, I don't remember what it's called, I gotta be honest with you, but it's formed by lava oozing out of like a fissure. And just like it oozes out in sheets. Oh, yeah. I did mm-hmm. see that. I yeah. did see that. So that basalt is like super hard, just sheets. It doesn't have any kind of tube system. There's no evidence for any kind of tube system. And and I think the it, because it, I, I read that and I was reading how that kind of lava works. Mm-hmm. And it took me a bit. And I was like, well, but lava's lava. Right? Yeah. The way I would describe it is like, so a fissure is just like basically just like a big old cut in the earth, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's a cut that like opened up and the mm-hmm. blood is like, or the lava is oozing out as opposed to like a puncture wound, which would form, mm-hmm. would that, would you say that's fairly, fairly accurate way to describe it? Yeah. I mean, but in like a kind of gross term, if there, if there's volcanic activity nearby. Right. But it, I mean, it, wasn't, a long time it was ago, like, but, yeah. you know, millions of years ago, it was just like a fissure. There wasn't any volcanic activity. It was just that like, you know, the earth split open at one point and it flowed out mm-hmm. into this big sheet. So there's no lava tubes. Not there, a lava basically. tube. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, so but... I guess even if we ignore the science of this, right, uh, you know, the problem still persists that scientists can't figure out where this water is just dumping out, right? Uh, you know, they need to just... Dump some massive quantities of oil down it, and then just <laughs> and then just see where the oil slick pops up. Well, but I mean that's the problem, right? Is that they've done that with other things that are less harmful, right? Mm-hmm. Dyes that are, you know, I guess ostensibly don't harm, or ping pong balls, you know, things that, particularly if you were out in the middle of Lake Superior and you're like, wow there's a ping pong ball or like there's a couple ping pong balls. You'd probably mention it to somebody and yeah. they'd be like, yeah, they did that study. Cool. It's dumping out into Lake Superior. You know, so that's kind of my other problem with this is that even if it were by some, you know, like miracle uh, l- underground lava tube that went underground and it didn't even dump out on the shores, right? It dumped out like in the middle of Lake Superior. If you dump a bunch of dye or ping pong balls or anything like that and there, it's flowing down this river and it just pops out in the middle of Lake Superior, people are going to report things like that. Well, and the weird thing is why hasn't this thing plugged up? 
Right. Yeah, that's they're, the, they're that's stuffing exactly so much crap it. down it. You think it'd be plugged up? Yeah, you would think that just natural things would would plug it up eventually. You know what? What I don't understand what they're why they're not doing is you know you could divert that water and let that thing empty out and then just head on down there with the rope and see what's going on. I mean, that's kind of my thing right now, right? There's a YouTube video that we should link to of somebody who went like part of the way down into this kettle and kind of videotaped what's going on and you can see the river hits and it hits on the rock and then it flows down. It just kind of looks like one of those things where I know it's crazy dangerous empirically in my head that it would be a dumb idea for anybody to just like walk down that thing. But I just want to jump down that thing and ride it out like a stupid log ride. You're like Splash Mountain. <laughs> Hope you can hold right? your breath, yeah. And just see what is what going happens? on down there. You know, it's just, it's just so surprising with like all of the technology that we have with like shockproof cameras and things like that, that we haven't just like boxed a camera up. We can, we can you know, send cameras into the middle of hurricanes. So we know we have the technology. Yeah, we haven't just like thrown a camera down there and seen like what's going on. Yeah. I, I have I have two things about this. So what I what I found really fascinating was when I was reading about how they think the the kettle itself formed. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if either of you came across this. Is basically when water's pouring into a depression, it kind of makes a vortex, which essentially makes a water drill, and so the water is just drilling that hole out deeper and deeper, which is essentially, right, so essentially was, how we got this hole. That was, And that was kind of the theory that people were talking about, is that like it had drilled out the really hard rhyolite yeah. into a, like a slightly less hard basalt lava tube, mm-hmm. and that that was where everything was going. But I just don't... Well, and again, I, you know, there's no scientific evidence that. And limestone tube... is is the the rock that's notorious for being easily eroded by water. Yeah, but I don't like but thousands limestones, of miles away. At but this limestones, point. there's not. If I remember reading correctly, there's not a lot of limestone out there. No, so. yeah. well, not in this area. Yeah, we're like a couple thousand miles away from but the closest. The thing, the thing that I think about, that I wonder about, mm-hmm. is. This thing's been there for eons, mm-hmm. and one of the things that happened in that area a long, long time ago was there was glaciers scraping along, which is part of how we have the lakes, the Great mm-hmm. Lakes. That's yeah. part of what formed them. So I almost wonder, and I, this is totally going on a limb, but a glacier comes through and it scrapes a giant trough out, and then there's some kind of volcanic activity that blows across the top and fills it up, and so you've got a big void under I, the bottom. I, I mean, I'm, I'm totally spitballing here, but I'm just using two natural things to yeah, explain uh, another natural thing. Yeah, I, I guess, you know. I'm probably out in left field. Well, you know, my big problems with that, right, are that geologists have put a lot of thought into this thing, and I, I assume that one of them would have thought of that if it was a viable Oh, no, thing, no, 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 right? no. I, I, I think that I might be the first one to come up with but this, I also and I might think be right. But like right, so if you, I guess it's like frosting a cake to me, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've got this crack in your cake, and you take your frosting, and what does it do? Does it just gloss right over it, or does it fill in that crack and gloss over it? Does it oh. fill the entire crack? It fills... Fills the top of the crack. I would say like 90% of it. Well, I think we need How many to cakes like... have you made? A lot. Let's bake okay, a I'll, cake. Okay, I'll go with your judgment then. <laughs> Let's bake a cake and confirm this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, that would just be my... And, and, you know, frosting is definitely more rigid than like... So if you're going to do like a glaze, it definitely fills that yeah, in, which would right, be more right. a more accurate comparison. I got it. So I guess that's 
I could see it being just going into a cave and coming out somewhere else. Because, like I said, I, I knew people who were cavers who explored one of these things in, in Guatemala. But uh, if it's not that much of a drop to the lake, though, so I don't know. It's yeah, it's just hard. It's rough. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's... This, this, yeah, this particular cave that they went to was amazing because the river actually went into the side of the mountain and just mm-hmm. disappeared, and it came out the other side. So they went down in wetsuits and with, with just tons of rope and gears and stuff mm-hmm. and drove pitons into the side of the, the cave because there were vertical drops and then horizontal and then they had to go vertical drops again. Well, and, and that's they, what I just then, want people to do here, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I mean, I, I, really, I really think you could solve the mystery by um, diverting, the, diverting the water mm-hmm. and just sending some people down on ropes with wetsuits and stuff and just go down a ways. I mean, obviously... You know, you can't go down too far. Certainly, you know, 80,000 feet, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, all right, all right. But shall we, shall we move on, or do you have any more on this? No, that's all I have. No, I don't know. It's just, uh, t- it's a mystery. The right. lizard I people think... are stealing our water again, man. It may well Freaking be. Freaking lizard people. Oh, and before I forget, um, this was a listener suggestion too. Tom, right? I think it's been a while. I'm really yeah, sorry. Yeah, he suggested it a bit ago, but. Oh. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Okay, well, now we've got uh, we got mine, which I I cheated. What I di- I didn't pick one hole. Uh, I have sixty nine hundred of them. I'm sorry. Uh, how we many? Were, we were only going to talk about three holes. Hello. Yeah. Well, you added that other goofy one in the beginning. That's true. So. Uh, yeah. I stuck to my guns. Well, to hell. Yeah. Well, I cheated. Uh, yeah. Now we have to talk about it. No. What okay. I found is the band of holes in Peru. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, all right, I'll give you a pass on this one. Because <laughs> it is just basically one giant string of holes. Yeah. What we've got here is, it's, like I said, the band of holes is 6,900 uniform holes in the ground. They're in the Pisco Valley, which is on the Nazca Plateau, which is in Peru. Uh, in the, the Nazca Plateau, people have probably heard about it. That's where the Nazca lines are, those giant lines that are carved in the top of a plateau that when you see the satellite, you see they're like birds uh-huh. and weird stuff. That is it the Aztecs that people think uh, built those? No, no, the Aztecs were in Mexico. So the Inca? Inca, Inca thank you. Yeah. That's, that's who it is. So this is in an area that's known for doing huge scale things. Yeah, yeah huge they scale, really, strange things. Yeah. Yeah, the Incas did a lot of interesting stuff. They did. The holes are one of them. (laughs) (laughs) They did a lot of interesting, pointless stuff. Well, uh, this plateau is about, to give you kind of a reference, if you look on a map in Peru, you'll find the town of Pisco. It's about 15 miles, give or take, east of Pisco is where it's at. Is that where a Pisco Sour originated? I don't know. Probably. Okay. Let's just say yes. All right. All right. Somebody, somebody out there do a Google on that. We're too lazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the band of holes extends for about a mile or so, and it's it runs north-south, mm. and it runs over uneven mountain surface. Is it, is it approximately north-south, or is it actually north-south? It's approximate. Okay, so it's, it's not, not. It's not an actual straight line. Okay, okay. It's it, they're not a perfectly straight line. Cool. Unlike all the other stuff that's on the top of the sure, plateau. Sure. The grouping of holes because they're they're drilled into the ground. To use the word drilled into the ground inappropriately mm-hmm. or incorrectly mm-hmm. is it's a series of holes, so they can be six to ten in a row next to each other. 
it varies between how many across. Width, width-wise, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. And that can that band of holes can be anywhere from 20 to 30 feet across because the holes themselves are typically about six or seven feet across. Whoa. Hmm. And anywhere from six or seven feet deep to just a few inches deep. Hmm. Here's the weird thing about the few inches deep. I was trying to find how people determined that they were a few inches deep and I couldn't find any solid science on it, mm. but they look like they're crumbling and they're falling apart and they're kind of collapsing. So I think that when people say they're a few inches deep, they mean these holes have kind of filled in. So okay. all that's left is a couple inch depression in the ground. In some places, the holes, like I said, they're about six, anywhere between six to 10 holes across. Right, right. And they're in a perfectly rigid line. So so a set of holes, directly after the set of holes. Sometimes they start to break apart and they widen a little bit. So remember I said it went from 20 mm-hmm. to 30 feet across. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they, they get a little irregular in their placing. And they're, they start kind of going straight up the hill. And then they bend. And we're talking up, the, up a mountain. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of going over ridges and back and forth. Uh, if you were looking at it on a map... Think of it left to right, east to west, essentially. Uh, so they and they they twist and they turn. So it's really weird that it's just this whole series of lines that just go up and eventually they come to a, a saddle is the term that I would use in the mountain. It's where two ridges or two sections come together and mm-hmm. form that that V. Yeah, and they stop. That's the end of them. Hmm. Maybe their tools broke. <laughs> I gotta say, and, and I encourage all of our listeners to go out and look at the aerial satellite photos of this because it's fascinating. It really it yeah, looks it, like it looks like a wide road from the from the almost. It kind of, like, of does, except that when and, you get into the, the when you start looking at the satellite imagery and you start looking at roads, they're very different because it's this is a series of pock marks mm-hmm. is a phrase that I would use in the landscape of the mountain, and then a road would be nice and smooth. So yeah. it's, it's kind of strange. yeah, it's not really. Yeah, obviously it's not a road. It's... They've been there so long that the indigenous people have no idea where they came from. The people who live in the region, mm-hmm. they just, oh, well, yeah, they've always been there. Mm-hmm. They've just uh, always That's always been there. one of the like really interesting things to me because I feel like indigenous people are really good at coming, like they have lore. Uh-huh. surrounding things like that right uh-huh. and that like this is such a massive undertaking that had their people their ancestors created it had there been any kind of ownership of it in their history at all uh-huh. they would have heard about it yeah mm, i think so and so it's so interesting because it i mean you know that means that like the people who created this are just like they're gone they're gone long gone hmm. their society yeah. but they don't gone. even have descendants Right. Yeah. That know of it anymore. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. that's exactly it. They've been there for so long that just nobody knows. Yeah. It's They've just, just been there. There. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it was a, is it possible this, is, this was a quarrying operation? Maybe they were just cutting out rock to use in projects. Well, I don't know that they would be able... I mean, think about it. It's a six or seven foot across hole. Mm-hmm. So if you're cutting a pillar out... At places, this is at essentially a 45-degree angle is the mountain face. Mm-hmm. It seems like a bad place to be digging columns of rock out, and mm-hmm. it seems like you could quarry it somewhere that's a little more accessible. Yeah. 
And also, obviously, you want a quarry as, as close to wherever you're building your thing as mm-hmm. possible. Exactly. And so there's no ruins around there, right? Well, and, and that's something that we're going to get into. That is part of one of the theories that I couldn't substantiate. But let's just, we'll just take the, the theories from the top. Sure. Yeah. There's a couple. Uh, some better than others. <laughs> the first one is that people have hypothesized that these were storage containers for grain. God, that just makes exactly zero sense. Yeah, you're exactly right. No capstones have ever been found because if you're going to make a hole in the ground to store grain, you want to protect it. Uh-huh. The, you got to remember the altitude that we're at. It's pretty dry and therefore things last longer when they're buried in the ground mm-hmm. so you'd have a better record of them no record of grain has ever been found in these holes people have dug around and tried to figure it out and there's you know whatever the local grain is i'm not it's not wheat but let's just say if they were using wheat you would think you would find wheat seed yeah but like mm-hmm. and just why why yeah why? why wouldn't you build a building yeah, yeah. or like make it wider. Mm-hmm. I mean, why this, like, very small, very long... Well, and you would think, I mean, because grain is being grown all over the place. Mm-hmm. If this was a typical way of storing it, then you would find these holes scattered all hither and yon. They, yeah. would, they wouldn't the, be in one place in a mile-long line. And yeah. at the base of this mountain, it is amazing to look at the, the satellite imagery because it is this barren rock face mm-hmm. and then suddenly lush greenery at the base yeah, where it just, opens up. There's but, just no good reason. No, there's no good reason. And you want to store your stuff in like similar climates, you know, like mm-hmm. not up a mountain and the bottom of a mountain. Yeah. yeah. No, no. So then people said, well, maybe they're individual graves to put people, to put, to bury people in. Mm-hmm. Oh. Sure. Same thing with the grain. Not a single human remain has been found in any of the holes. And, uh, the, so are these... Uh, are they dug in? What's what's the soil like there? Is it dirt or is it it's is, stone? Oh, so it's, it's solid rock. rock. They've carved these out of solid. Yeah, rock. they're carving them in a rock face. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I guess I, the only thing I would say is like ashes that could have been blown away. But it just seems like a lot. But of... if if I'm if I'm putting the ashes of my ancestors or the bodies of my ancestors into a hole, wouldn't I want to cover them? Well, maybe not. I mean, you know, the, uh, different cultures have different... It's true. There's the sky burials with and vultures and stuff so like that. And if this is so old but... that we literally have no idea where it came from, yeah. who knows what those people believed. That's very true. But say. Uh, still a little weird. Yeah, very. Now, the next one is the next theory. Even weirder. Mm. Uh, and I, I got to laugh at the internet right now. So one person made mention in their article about how it looked like coring holes or pilot holes that would be done for mining to see what's in the rock and in the soil. Somebody said, Mm. and I quote, to this Texas boy, it looks like what a drilling rig would do. I do laugh at the internet because that really made it hard for me to find new information because every site I started doing a find on for the words Texas boy because there was a lot of prodigious copying and pasting on of the course, internet. Always, yeah. I know. But, it, but people are saying, well, you know, maybe it's an alien civilization that came to this planet at one time and they were doing samples up the mountain to see if there was anything in the rock that they wanted to use and then mm-hmm. they found nothing and they well, left. Either that, or they either that, or they they finally found something useful, and then they uh, they they mined it out and carefully covered it back up. <laughs> I guess yeah. My problem with that is that like they would have done that other places too. They right? would have done it all over the place, and not just in that one spot. And, and that's a yeah. huge sample size. Like okay, uh, to be fair, 
I don't know how giant these alien rigs were, right? But, like, that's a huge sample site. Mm-hmm. Just be going up and, like, it's not like the dirt is going to change in, like, the four feet in between. Yeah. 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 There, therein lies the rub. Yeah. yeah. So, that's so yeah, those those first three theories, mm-hmm. yeah, they're pretty well kicked off. Okay. Okay. The next one mm-hmm. says that it was created by an ancient civilization. Okay, yes. But for what we don't know. Uh-huh. And here's why. Uh, everyone loves to point out when they are looking at it that we've got the Nazca Peninsula and we've got Machu Picchu, which is relatively close to this area. How far mm-hmm. is Machu Picchu from there? I don't know exactly, but I'm just saying in the region. They're, Peru they're isn't close. like the hugest of the areas. No, it's not. It's not a vast. Country, let's just. I, I, I don't know how many miles, but let's not worry about that. But there was a lot of really intricate building going on at that time. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that people point out is you remember that, and I know I showed you two, is in everybody who looks at the satellite images, that saddle where the whole the band of holes suddenly ends. Yeah. Yeah. To me in the imagery, I couldn't tell if it was just rock outcroppings or it almost looked like there was some spots of sections of holes. But this outcropping, the saddle, almost looks like a slump of the mountain came down and yeah like a little avalanche or something right yeah there are images out there where people will say look at this piece of rock it looks blackened this section of rock which is hundreds of feet across Mm. and they're saying it looks blackened as if there was an explosion or maybe maybe an alien landing site, and they just burned it with their rockets. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I showed you two. I don't. I yeah. There's yeah. no blackening. I'm using air quotes here. Mm. Blackening of the soil. I'm afraid. I think that's actually a little bit of photoshopping. Yeah. Think maybe somebody mm. did yeah. some contrast adjustments and just made it look what they wanted to look like. But they're also in those same articles. There's another image they show of these blocky ruinous structures. It looks like blocky ruinous structures in kind of ravines or carve outs in the mountain. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find that. Mm. I looked around. I looked all in that area. I spent probably an hour combing across the map. I couldn't find it. Mm -hmm. But people say, well, based on the blackening and this ruined city that we find, we think that it's it's the same culture that that built Machu Picchu and the Nazca lines. But I can't find that. I don't even know if that's in the same area or how zoomed in somebody was. Mm. It really raises a lot of red flags for me. Mm. Have you done... Did you do any looking for uh, archaeological sites in Peru? See if the, the any of the because I mean obviously these if there were ruins they would be they would be known. Uh, yeah, and, and and that was exactly it. I couldn't I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it as I looked around. I again I I'm afraid that I think that because here's what would happen is people would show that image of this supposed ruin site and then Machu Picchu. And they would show how the structures, the squares, the buildings, and the stones were kind of similar. But I could never find them. I mean, I don't know if it's not invention. 
Probably finding what you want to find mm-hmm. by zooming in close enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to point a finger and say somebody's outright lying, but I couldn't find it to back it up. Yeah, so I I, I worry about that. That this whole it's it was a city by an alien civilization that then was bombed or out, or an ancient civilization. Which I, I I read a really interesting article recently, which I I will definitely be talking about with you guys at least, and mm-hmm. hopefully we'll be able to formulate a show out of it uh, about this whole ancient civilization, ancient uh, anything. Ancient aliens. Uh, kind of, but it, it was very, very interesting. But, I mean, you know, I, we've talked about this before, and I'm sure we will continue to talk about the fact that there's strong proof of highly intelligent ancient cultures. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even, even in North America, there's uh, the Clovis culture. There's, like, you know, cultures that... We, har- we hardly have any record of it all. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, but and there was a sophisticated just, civilization right. going back a long, long time. And they're just so old that we don't have mm-hmm. good civilization. But I think that this sort of thing really degrades that argument. You know, it, it just, it's looking for some stuff that doesn't exist. And it just, it always makes me really sad when people try and make these claims because it's like, you're really just like weakening the argument. Yeah, because you're just looking for whatever, and of course, like a satellite image, you zoom in enough, it's gonna get pixelated enough. You're gonna be like, oh, look, totally rock outcropping, like square mm-hmm. buildings. No, it's pixels. Calm mm-hmm. down. Could be, yeah, but also it could not be. But uh... there is one. I don't know that it. I would say theory, but a fable that supposedly explains the band of holes. And I can't find anywhere that says that this fable is in X record or Y record. I can't I can't lock it in to where it came from. Mm-hmm. But there is a fable that people say explains why the holes are there. And maybe it is from the indigenous people. But, Devin, if you don't mind, could you read the fable for us? It's, it's a quick one. It's Yeah, I can, I can read it. Okay. Everybody ready for story time? Let's hear it. Story time. Thousands of years ago, in a valley in a place that we now call Peru, there lived a large community of nymphs. For a long time, they lived happily among the trees and rivers until one year there was a drought. The rivers started to dry up and the the trees began to die. The nymphs knew that they had to make an offering to the rain god, and they knew what he loved the most was the music. What they couldn't figure out was how to get the music on the earth to reach the skies above where the rain god lived. They tried singing, but their voices were not loud enough, and neither were their musical instruments. They tried making bigger and louder instruments, but nothing worked. Finally, one young nymph had an idea. She began digging a big hole in the ground, and once she was finished, she stretched several long reeds tightly over the surface. When she plucked the reeds, the sound produced was louder and more magical than any of the other musical instruments in the world. All the other nymphs followed her lead, and within a few hours, the whole valley was covered in large holes reeds stretched over their surfaces. The nymphs began to play their new instruments together, and for hours and hours they produced one beautiful melody after another, till the music reached all the way up into the skies. At last, the rains came, and they lived once again in peace. To this day, the large holes can be seen in the Pisco Valley in Peru. Wow. And uh, evidently the moral of that story is creativity can help you through a tough challenge. I guess so. 
So uh, has anybody ever tried to replicate that by stretching large reeds over the holes and seeing if they could play music? Just like jumping on in the holes and yeah. stretching <laughs> large reeds over and seeing if they could do it? Yeah. Not, not that I know of, no. Yeah. Um, so, but basically, I mean, that's that's as far as it goes. We don't know. I mean, they're there a mm. mile or a couple of miles long, this band of holes. It meanders up the mountain until it disappears, and mm-hmm. we have no idea why they're there. You know, um, it seems like... Uh, the people in, in that area seem to like to create stuff that would be visible to, you know, from the eye of God, mm-hmm. like the Nazca lines, you know, all those, all those things that they did. Right. The, the men and the birds the and, and, birds and mis- all that stuff. mysterious creatures. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, they, they created those because they wanted to, you know, create this piece of art that God could see mm-hmm. up, in, up in heaven. And so this might be kind of in line with the same sort of thing is that they wanted to create something that would be visible from heaven. Mm-hmm. And maybe this was their first attempt at it. And they realized that the series of holes, uh, it's like stippling in art. You know, you do a series of dots and it then you do another like series of dots and yeah. it kind of looks like that. But maybe they figured out that that is way too much effort rather than just digging a shallow trench and yeah. filling it with something. I, I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. This one's a head scratcher. It kind of is. And you know, you guys know me well enough to know that I always have like a theory that I really like. Mm-hmm. But I. <sighs> yeah, one of the other interesting things about it is when you look at those things through the satellite photographs, is that they go along in this in this perfect in, this, in these perfect rows, and then they'll stop, and there'll be a break, uh, and not not too huge of a break, but it's mm-hmm. very visible. The, they say a, a one line of holes, yeah, is, or is a missing. couple lines, yeah, yeah, a couple lines of holes are missing, and then they start up again and they keep going, and that's again that's kind of a mysterious thing. Yeah, it's I, it's obviously weird, but it's uh it is a weird weird. But that, thing. ladies and gentlemen, is the whole story. Ha! Ah! I've been hanging on to that all week. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but they have dug, have they dug down any deeper to see if there's anything underneath these things? Not that I'm aware of. Hmm. I don't think that they've actually dug down deeper than the, the holes. I imagine that they're Somebody. kind of a protected site, and they just don't let you know regular old yahoos hop in there with a shovel yeah. and start weird. digging. I mean, okay, regular old yahoos, but like. Us, we're regular old yahoos. Yeah, I'm but not I mean, even saying us, but like, yeah, archaeologists must be fascinated by this, right? I would, I think. would think so. Yeah, I would think so. I don't know. It's just, yeah. yeah. If I were an archaeologist, I'd want to go down there and do some digging, or at least, uh, you know, go down there with metal detector, maybe some ground penetrating radar stuff like that, and see what you can figure out. Yeah, that'd be a good mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of this particular series for the show. Uh, I hope you liked three in a row. Let us know what your thoughts Plus are. Plus the bonus if, hole. Yeah, yeah if, you, <laughs> if you like them. Uh, now, the, all the uh, information about these stories will be on the website. That website, as always, is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. You can listen to the show there, or you can go ahead and leave a comment if you want to talk to us about stuff. You can always find our shows on Stitcher. So if you didn't get a chance to download it, you can just stream it right off of any mobile device. We're also on Facebook. So we've got our Facebook page so you can find us and like us. We've also got the group, which still doesn't have a lot of activity, but it's there. Folks want to chat. And of course, if you want to go ahead and send us an email, please, by all means do. Email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. Obviously, two of tonight's stories came out of listeners' Suggestions, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. And uh, is there anything else that I've been missing? I feel like we have some listener mail. Uh, well, I haven't seen any emails that have backed up. 
Oh, well, okay. I'm sorry. I have, we have a like a iTunes review that I really liked that I wanted to read. Oh, I, I haven't been on. I haven't, I haven't looked at iTunes in a while. Oh, oh, well, I'll read it. That's fine. Fine, fine, fine. Okay. So, uh, as you know, being an iTunes review, it's like pretty anonymous, right? But it, it's titled Overheard Conversations at McMenamin's. And it says, if you've ever finished off a ruby in the setting, Portland Sun, you may have heard the perky, educated female, the excitable hipster, and the more laid-back, older gentleman conversing intelligently on numerous subjects while having a good time. This podcast hits it all. I've been a long-time Mysterious Universe listener, and Thinking Sideways hits those subjects while feeling like you just walked in on your old friends talking. Enjoyable, friendly, and a wide range of topics. Which, I just, I love this. Oh. I think, like, not only this person is, like, from our area, obviously. Sounds like, yeah. Yeah. Right? He's calling me perky and educated, which I love. I, is this a guy or a girl? Or I don't know. I can't tell. It's just, I don't know. I just assume he on the internet. I would yeah, I automatically assume she, but I guess okay. it's just, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, yeah this person is yeah, calling well, me perky are, and educated. Guy, yeah. So, and I, you know, I just, I, um, what? Um, okay, so you're the educated young lady. Perky and educated. And Joe is? The, what, the older, laid back? Laid back older gentleman. Uh, oh, hey. so that leaves me the, the excitable, excitable hipster. hipster? Well, wow. okay, all right. So I, you do I, drink I, PBR. I, I, I admit <laughs> that I'm excitable, and you know I, I wear cool hats. But, and you're a graphic But I've been designer. doing I've been doing that since before. It was cool, but <laughs> yeah. Oh crap! And you drink PBR. <laughs> but you don't and wear. And you're a graphic designer. You don't wear skinny pants, though. So. No, I don't wear that's, skinny jeans. That's so. true. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I do. That that is a great review. <laughs> And I really enjoy that. Yeah. That, that's for anybody who's knows Portland or McMinimins, that is a spot on uh, description of what I guess this show is. I guess but, so. Uh, yeah. the, the person who wrote that, thank you very much. I that's guess nice. that's, that's fantastic. That's right. You were saying at the top of the show that like people were asking for a description of what we are. Boom. I don't know that I'm going to go around saying I'm an excitable hipster. Well, I'm just going to say. You are. And I'm not older, and I'm not really a gentleman. Well, <laughs> all right. I guess the description applies to me and me only. Yeah. All right. Perky, educated young lady. That's me. There we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, uh, that is the end of what we've got. Uh, do let us know, though, if you like the, the today's show, if you like having a number of smaller stories packed into one episode. We, we like to try these things out, so let us know what you think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That having been said, we're going to call it a night, so thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week. Toodaloo. It's the lizard people, I'm telling you, stealing our water. No doubt. Stupid lizard people. <laughs>